everybody. Welcome to the Author's Forge, where every good conversation starts. We are excited. We have... Welcome, everybody, to the Authors Porch. Welcome, Russell Nolte, best-selling author. How are you doing, Russell? I'm doing great. I love that intro. Like, usually everyone does this, like, really hard-beating, like, pounding intro. And that was so, like, wholesome and sweet and nice. And I was like, I'm ready to, uh, I'm excited for it. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do try to be a little country. I am from the Midwest, and it's funny because um, where I'm originally from, Indianapolis, Indiana, they do say we're country, but I was like, but I'm from the city. I did, I never realized how country I actually was until I moved to Texas, and I fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we have Russell on the author's porch today, and I've been geeking out since the moment that he said he would come on the porch because it was the podcast with Ella Barnard, Author Like a Boss, where Russell was a guest on, where I listened to his interview and he made a comment that basically I felt like it was giving me permission to become an author. So from that moment, I followed his career. If you don't know Russell, Russell is a best-selling author of many, many books, one that I have read. Um, I also have his app. He is the CEO of Wannabe Press, which um, that is his app as well. That is his publishing company. You can catch all of his wonderful creative books on his app. And um, he has two books, which I read. I wrote them down so I didn't get them incorrect because, you know, when you're fangirling a little bit, you tend to flip up your words, flip up your words. See, I told you. So uh, two books, if you want to learn how to be a creator, how to build your creative career and how to become a successful author, which basically are like my textbooks that I highlight and I write notes down and then I go back and I do searches for. So um, I can say a million and one things because I, you know, also the courses that you've done, I, I bought some of your courses as well and I go back and I still go through those courses. So um, when it comes to the complete creative, which is another one of your, <laughs> your things that you have, I think that that definitely covers what you do, that complete creative individual. So before I, you know, start talking about so much more, I just want to say thank you because I couldn't have been um, where I am today and had the career that I'm having and just living in my truth had it not been for you. And I have not been able to actually say all of that. So now I can. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> I still, I still don't know how to respond when people say that to me. Like, I love it. Like I, you know, yeah. uh, I, I like, thank you. Uh, and like, I'm very grateful that it resonated with you. Yeah. But like, I feel like I don't convey how meaningful it is when people say that to me, because it's like, it's everything, you know, I mean, when, whether it's reading the fiction books or the nonfiction books or like to, to, to make that connection with another human is like what, for me, that's what writing is. Like, that's what yeah. creating is. Like creating is about telling a story uh, and, 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 and relaying that story and having someone light up. And, uh, you know, I've done that with courses. I've done that with, I've, I've directed movies and TV and, 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 and novels and comics and, 
you know, that's consistent across everything. Like the thing that I'm trying to do is like make a connection with somebody and that people have used the things that I've said to like build their own career. Even though the name of the book and the things that I do are about building your own career, the fact that people use it and that it like changes their lives uh, is very gratifying to me. Like if I, if that was the only thing anyone ever got from any of my work, that would be way more than enough. Yeah, you know, and I just had to make it awkward at the very beginning and put you on the spot and do that. So I apologize for that. Sorry, not sorry kind of thing. But <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I just, I, just, I, just I, I would love, I would love to sit down with someone who like Tony Robbins or someone like that and be like, how, like, I don't want to ask him any questions about like how to like, I just want to like, how do you deal with like changing? Like, how do you deal with when someone comes up? Because I feel like just saying, thank you. It's like not yeah. enough because like they're pouring their heart out to you, but yeah. like it's, 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 it's like, it takes me back every time. Like I was at a show one time and this little girl passed my booth and she like literally just like, like she like face lit up and she's like, it's like, Oh my God, you're here. I was like, it's like, I don't, I don't have any idea how to like, Oh, like, I, I, like, like it was so meaningful that I could think about it like once a week. And she's like, he's like, she's like, oh, she, she loved one of she loved this book. And like, she, and I was like, I don't, I've got more books. Like, I don't know what to say to like make it. It's like, I want it to be meaningful back to like yeah. them and convey how much like it means to me. But I end up usually just awkwardly being like, thank you. I appreciate that. And like, it's not that, like, the, like that's not how I feel inside. It's yeah. just like, it's a very hard, like, tack. And I don't know, like, most people don't ever deal with it, right? Like, so it's it's hard. And it was hard when sales, like, when I was in sales, too, and people would come and tell me, like, whatever some deal I did. Because I was like, like, I'm trying to make a, a money here. And you're, like, telling me that, like, you're telling me, like, that it, like, fixed your whole business or something. And, like, that's amazing. But I, yeah, I... It's hard, but I'm very, very, very honored and grateful. And like, that is like the reason I do it is for not for the fans, but like it is for like the fans to like, but the people who resonate with the books and like, it means something to them. And, you know, they go and they talk about getting tattoos or like of the, the work or like, you know, they tell me that, you know, they were the, like, like my books got them back into reading or or it like opened some door for them or it unlocked something. And sometimes I'm literally sitting on a coaching call or something with somebody and they're like, that was it. That was the one. And I was like, I was just rambling. And like, nope, that that's, that's, that, that's the thing. It unlocked everything. Yeah. But you know, I think that that speaks to the, to your humbleness. It speaks to how humble you are as a creative because you are very open and you have been very open from the moment that I listened to that podcast I never thought in a million years that I would ever be able to just sit down and have a conversation with you. And here we are having this conversation. And from that moment, you know, I started following you and I connected through your group. You have a Facebook group um, and that we, you know, you sit and you actually talk to everybody on that group. You are active in that group. And I think that speaks to how humble you are as a creative because you truly appreciate your fans to the point that you will get involved with them hands-on versus just saying, okay, read my books, now leave me alone, I have things to do. And that, that is one of the you know things that I see a lot of creatives doing. It's more about they want to get their stuff to you, but they don't care how you respond. They just want 
their voice heard. Yeah, it's you know, I think that's that's such an astute observation and something that I try and tell people all the time is, you know, I had uh, a, a fan of mine bought my like my first copy of Ichabod, like honestly, like one of the first copies of Ichabod. And he was like he's at my house the other day, like talking, like picking up some more books from him. And like we were talking for like 30 minutes about just like how the pandemic was going and stuff. And like to me, the thing that makes me successful is like, look, I mean, I'm not going to, I will toot my own horn. The books are great. Like I, I write great books and like I make great stuff. And like, like, like I, I think they're world-class and second to none uh, books that I put out. Um, but the thing that I think like sets them, so does everyone else. Like, like everyone puts out great books. Like, like that's the bar to entry, you know, like when you're talking about like, okay, so you're putting your book on Amazon or on Kickstarter, whatever you're putting it on. It's like, okay, well, Stephen King's there and like, you know, uh, uh, my favorite, my literal favorite authors of all time are like there. They're launching books, like they're making amazing stuff. And so, like, what? Why would someone not go to them? Why would someone not go to their books? They're much more popular. Like they they're well known. They're like they make they have a long storied career of making stuff. And like w when you're gonna wedge yourself in there you know, you can kind of have two options, right? Like I, I call the first one, the Neil Gaiman, like the Neil Gaiman is like, you are a personality and like you, you, you have rearranged a genre, you've taken a genre and you've made it your own. And like, you know what you're going to get when you have a Neil Gaiman book, like, you know, you're like, you know, he has just this aura about him. The other option is to do what old pulp people used to do. And like, they literally just disappear into the work. And like you, when, when you read their books, they feel like every other book in the genre. They feel like every other like pulpy thing. And like they they do not come out as a as a cult of personality. And like I have seen people be super successful doing both things. But, you know, if you are going to disappear into the work, you have to put out a lot more work because people aren't going to be seeking you out. They're going to be seeking out the genre. When you talk about, you know, these people that are going genre to genre, like finding what's hot and writing what's hot to market, like that's what they're doing. They're saying, what's hot now? What are the tropes of that genre? And how can I make a book that is right, that, that, that is perfectly aligned with all of those tropes? And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like people, many people that I know for, throughout history have made I've made livings uh, and and most of the authors that I know who are successful now are making a living in that manner. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the option that I chose early in my career was like to be more like Neil Gaiman to like to 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 try and define my work. Like I remember when I when one of my first books, uh, uh, my uh, manager at the time said, "Who are your?" Like, like, what, what is this like? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like a Russell Nolte book. Like, it's like, like, if you like the thing I do, you're going to like this thing. And he's like, that's not how this, this works. And I'm like, it's how it's going to work for me. Like I'm going to write. And you know, I, I, I was cocky back then. And like, I understand like now I, I might write almost exclusively in fantasy or mm -hmm. like fairy tale mashups or like that, that uh, mythology. Like I, I write the same genre, but still I feel like in order to, do to, to to have that career where you like have the Neil Gaiman ask like when you are like defining you have to put your book out and then be giving back you know like you you have to to accept people coming to you and you have to 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 answer questions for them and you have to like make them connect with the work like like because it's not it's it is like everything else 
in many ways, but like a Neil Gaiman book functions like a Neil Gaiman book. Um, and, and it does not function like other fantasy books. It functions in many ways like his fantasy work, but like he has defined himself as his own genre. And you kind of have to choose like what kind of career you want. I'm not saying you can't go back and forth between the two things, but um, you, you really have to be like, do I, if, if you are a introverted kind of human, then like there's a career path for you. Like there's a career path of like, you can become a pulpy author. Like you can just disappear into the work. I'm not saying people won't seek you out because pulp authors also had huge fan bases. Like mm -hmm. many of them did. So like you can have that, in but if you want to like have the Neil Gaiman career, like Neil Gaiman is not like a, a shy chicken. Like he is out there. He's, he's, he does, he records his own audiobooks. He like speaks, he teaches courses. Like he does all of these things. And that all goes back into his ability to like be Neil Gaiman. Mm -hmm. So when you were, did you always know in the beginning that you wanted to write fantasy and comic books or were you trying to find which genre really stuck with you? Yeah, I, the second, I, I think that most of my work has been fantasy. Mm -hmm. I would call myself a fantasy author, but in order to do, to figure that stuff out, I always tell people to like write in every genre, like write everything. Yeah. Like if you love romance, like cool, go write a thriller. Like if you hate thrillers, then great. But like you have no idea. And I, I say that because I had no idea. Like when I was started as a writer, like I did, I did uh, middle grade books and like, and like YA books. And I wrote a book written all in blog posts. And I did all of this stuff. And I also tell them like, once you get a genre and like a style, you should still do projects that are outside of that style. Like, even if it's all in fantasy, like I, I don't, I can't imagine writing a non-fantasy book in my rest of my career, but I may get one day and say, I really want to write cozy mysteries. And like, if I'm willing to, 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 to put in the work to build that career, I could do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm very glad that I wrote everything from from mystery to sci-fi and, and, and fantasy because that helped me develop this unique style. I think that is my writing, which is a lot of fantasy, but like also a lot of thriller. Like my books kind of follow a thriller format um, uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, especially the God's verse. Chronicles, I call them fantasy thrillers because like they they operate in the way that a thriller operates um, more so than a way a fantasy book operates. The Obsidian Spindle Saga operates much more as like a fantasy series, you know, a traditional fantasy series, but it still has a lot of just the style built in to it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I've read the first book of the Godverse um, uh, series. And like I said, I backed one of your Kickstarters because for the simple fact that I wanted to make sure that I got every single one of the books <laughs> because I was like, okay, I have to find out the rest of everything that happens. And I know you currently have uh, the Obsidian Spindle um, Chronicles. Saga. Saga, sorry. Saga sorry. going on right now. And I know that I've seen the... Um, I've seen the cover design for those, which is absolutely breathtaking. And... I just, I saw those and I was like, just from the cover, I wanted to read it. That is, uh, that is my, my, that, that is, uh, 
partially my eye looking at them, but it's really the creative paramita does all of the covers for almost all of my books, Godverse and um, Godverse and Obsidian Spindle. And she, I, I was kind of noodling with like what this series would be. And I kind of know some of the pieces of it, but then she, uh, she put up this pre-made, the pre-made of this. The, it's, it's literally that cover. We redesigned it a slight little bit, but it's 95% the cover that she put up. And I was like, well, that's the, that's the book. That's the series. Cause like, that's the cover of the first book. Like that's the cover that will sell forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, but it's the creative, uh, creative Paramita is amazing and um, criminally underused by, by, by writers. Yeah, you know, I've looked at because you had suggested in some of your posts before um, in the group that you have on Facebook is um, you had suggested. So I've looked through a lot of her pre-mades and I'm like, if I start writing in some of those genres that she has, the pre-mades. Yeah. I mean, just the cover itself. I mean, you, without a blurb, without the inside of the book, you could sell a book just from the covers. Yeah, absolutely. And I, she was a huge part of my redesign for the Godsverse Chronicles because originally they were in four different series and not one big overarching series. And I saw, I saw the the one that's in Death Follow Behind Her, this this cover. And I was like, I wanted to, like it, it's a fantasy book, so I was like, the fantasy. I wanted it to be like a look like fantasy, and I looked at it and I was like, well, uh, that's the one. And we we started, and that was sort of the the the, the how we started the redesign. A, a lot of my work comes from uh, from covers. In fact, the 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 funny part about the uh, Obsidian Spindle Saga is it's almost almost all based upon this group of covers that I bought when I first started as an author. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, it was just like they had, they thematically fit. Like a uh, like they looked like they belonged together, and I have like twelve of them, and I was like, I have no idea how all of this stuff is going to connect, but like eventually this is going to be a series, and I just for like a year while I was while I was developing the series, it takes me about a year or two to develop the series. I was just like buying covers. I was like, that one looks like an Obsidian Spindle cover. I don't know what that's going to be, but like that's going to be the one. And like I eventually built up, and I'm on the. I just finished the first draft of the ninth book today. And uh, it's called The Faceless Woman. And it's just a cover that I saw. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but like that is going to sell books and like I will fit it in. And so a lot of it, when I start, when I, when I start a, uh, a like, like a new section of the Godsverse Chronicles, so they're in like kind of like three sections of four right now. Uh, when I start the, the section, I'm like, here are the four books I've got. Um, how are these going to fit together? And tell a narrative story that makes sense, and uh, and and yeah. So I do so much. I do an obscene amount of stuff based upon the covers that I have. And often, sometimes a book series won't even have those covers. I'll recover it even before I like get there. But because I had those covers, they uh, they are like they um, they informed how the book went. Wow, I. I I think it's very interesting learning about your creative process because, you know, I've, like I said, I've read the first book of the Godverse um, uh, Chronicles. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I told you I was going to mess up my words the entire time. The Godverse Chronicles. 
And um, you know, you've got this new ones, but you also have comic books. You have um, other books, like you said, Ichabod Jones was one of your first ones. And um, you know, you started your career years ago. Now, before you wrote your and published your first book, has this been something in life, or was it just kind of came to you as an adult? I always wanted to tell stories. I didn't know how, and I've done it in many ways. Um, and I've been blessed in many ways. I was a camera operator for a long time. Um, I, I shot movies. I, I directed TV. Um, I, I, I did comics, as you mentioned, and novels. And the the what I've always wanted to do is tell stories and tell stories in the medium that spoke to me. And so the 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 comics. I always try and say like, what is the right medium for this? piece or like what is the right how is what is the best way to tell it and I'll, frankly if, if, if i think the best way to tell it is a movie or tv i'm probably going to put that to the side because i'm looking for things specifically now mostly novels but 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 in some ways novels and comics um and yeah I, if that came early you know i started like as act it started as acting telling stories through like acting and then and then kind of progressed onwards through there. But I really think I hit my stride in 2010 when I started doing comics because it was something that nobody, like, nobody could tell me no, like, except for an artist. Like an artist could tell me no, but like, if I had the money, I could make a thing and I could set my own destiny. And when I started doing novels, it was even more so because I was like, wait, because with comics, you have to wait. You still have to, an artist. You still have to have an artist, and they still have to draw the thing. Um, with novels, I was like, "Wait, I can write the whole thing, and it'd be done. And all I need is an editor to go through this thing that I have written, and I don't need anyone else." And that was incredibly scary. Let me tell you, because with any other medium that's not novels, the writing is not the final stage. Like it always is going to be transformed into into a comic or a movie or a TV, and so they're mostly like guidelines. If you looked at my comic scripts, they'd be terribly boring and awful, because a lot of it is 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 is, is a panel by panel breakdown. That's like page five, panel one. Um, like Johnny goes into the store, make sure that there's a there's blue bottles because it's going to be relevant in two pages. You know, all of that stuff is, 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 is narratively important, but it's not like fun reading. Like my wife never reads the, the scripts, any other, <laughs> she reads the novels. And so a lot of that, and that transition from, from um, comics to novels that I did in like 2011, 2012, 2013 was just like learning how to write prose in a way that moved the story along uh, like usually an artist or a director of photography and an actor would move the story along. Okay. And it's funny that you said that there's certain things that your wife will read and certain things that she won't read. My husband won't read my book that I wrote, but he'll help me develop the story because we'll sit and I'll talk about it. I'll, I'll tell him a part of the story and I'll be like, but this won't fit. I can't figure out this. And we'll sit and we'll talk about that, but he won't read the actual book, but he already knows everything that's going on because I sit and I take up about two hours of his day. So I totally get, I totally get that whole scenario. One of the things that I think is very fascinating about you that a lot of authors um, don't do or don't know how to 
convey is how to help another creative be creative. And one of the things you do very well is you have created courses, you've written books, and you speak. You know, I actually watched one of the course, courses, Author Learning Center. I actually attended one of those courses. I, I attend a lot of their courses, but one particularly that you were teaching. So you go on the Author Learning, Authors Learning Center and you teach courses, you have your own courses on the Complete Creative, your Complete Creative website, and on your app, as well as your website, you have your books that you've written, and you're very open to let people know, hey, here is how much I made, and this is how I made it, this is how I keep my career, this is how I do this, this is how I do that, so that other people can learn. So what made you want to share all that information? Because a lot of people, feel that it's taboo and they're like, oh, I can't share that because, or you should hold on to this because. But what makes you so open to share? I believe in radical transparency in a way that I think is very shocking to most people. I was talking with this about this with a friend of mine a couple of days ago, how like, you know, I listened to Amanda Palmer's Art of, Art of Asking uh, a TED talk several years ago. And I was like, wow, that's like, I don't know if I could ever be like that, like open to, to asking for help or um, I, I'll, I'll be I, part of it came from necessity because um, nobody wanted to take me seriously. And then I would break down what a script cost for them. And suddenly they would take me seriously. And I was like, oh, like, okay, I can do that. I can tell you the truth about like how much these things cost. Um, and then uh, people would come to my tables when I started doing shows and would start asking me questions. And I was like, all right, like, I'm going to be honest about this. Um, like, it's not easy. And, and, and then people would start. And then my friend, when I was in, started doing this, he pulled me aside or he was by my table. He's like, you know, I have told like a hundred people, like they just need, when they're at a show, be on panels. And like, that's how you get ahead. And he had, he was, and he's like, and he's like, you're the only person who actually did it. And it's true. Like he was successful. And I was just like, try and be on panels. So I started trying to be on panels and, you know, I am not interested in being on panel. I'm, I'm not interested in listening to things where like the people's just beat around the bush. Yeah. Like I, I want the, the, the nitty gritty details. Like that's why I'm listening to them. And, 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 and there was a, there's an artist, a writer artist named Jim Zub who did it for me. He like, he broke down his, his comics when I first started and, and he, 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 he like had it on his website. And I was like, that, that's how, that's how I think a creator should be. Like, I'm not saying you should give every detail of every book that you make. Um, I'm not saying you should give away the farm, but like, I think that people should have a reasonable understanding of what it really means to have a creative career and how hard it is and the steps of it. And I think that um, when people come out of art school and they don't have that or writing school and they don't have that and they don't have people talking about it, they think that it is magic. And that is the biggest reason why I do it because it, when you don't have the people talking about it, they think that when they don't have success in this magic way that, that, that Stephen King had it, that suddenly like they are bad, like they're bad writers or they're bad humans or like they're not worth it. When the truth is like, A, like that's a lot of luck. Like that's a lot of luck. Like Stephen King had a ton of talent, but like also a lot of luck. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, J.K. Rowling had a lot of luck, uh, even though she got like, you know, even uh, even her 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 the real story of it is like much like she grew up quite a bit more lucky than she leads on in her like yeah. you know in the like all of these people and the people that didn't like they had so many stories rejected or like they were in so many anthologies before they finally got like an agent or all of these things that happen that 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 people think happen by magic or mm-hmm. on some way that like I have a book and if it's good enough, it's going to get an agent where it's like, no, that's not accurate. Like that's not an accurate statement. Like the, like there are times when that is true. Like there are writers conferences that is true. Like I've had, but like my, my friend just released the book literally today, her first traditionally published book. And like, I know for a fact that she was doing writers conferences for, for years, like volunteering or write for years before she got her agent, before she got her deal. And like, I know that like after she got her deal, it was like years before the book came out. And like, that's, that's like, she is, she would be honest about it if she told you about this, but like, because, because we don't have a, 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 a like society or like a, a where we're, where, 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 where we are honest with each other. Like people just assume that these things happen and that, there's no struggle or that like these people come out of the room, the, 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 the womb, like magically, like just like ready to like be authors. And like, I mean, I think I say in one of my books, I'm like, you know, every author, no matter who it was, was the worst writer in the entire world for at least one second of their life. Like (laughs) maybe the second they were born, but like for one second, they were the absolute worst, worst writer on the whole planet. And, um, and I think that that kind of thing, like it frees people to say, oh, well, like I can do this then. Like, like, it, and, and also like, I shouldn't be so precious with my first book or my fifth book or my 10th book, because the truth is it's probably going to take you 20 books. And if you don't want it, my 20 books, like that's okay, but you have to become okay with not like becoming Neil Gaiman or yeah. like becoming super successful because like that's what it takes and if you want to just make books for you that is okay and that is something that i think i failed to talk about in my when i first started doing this sort of coaching so i talked about about i talked about becoming a successful author and like i did talk very candidly about like this these are the steps you need to take but i didn't say that like if you don't want to take those steps it's okay it's okay if you just want to write a book a year or a book every five years, or like you want to write one book and then never write a book again. Like that's all of those are okay careers, but you then shouldn't be judging yourself on the standards of people who are literally putting out 10 books a year, who are going to conventions, who are building their mailing list, who are doing all of these things. Like, like, there is a disconnect. Like you can't do thing A and expect B result. Might B result happen? Yes, very, very, very possibly you could like be the one that breaks out. The odds are so stacked against you that like you're probably not going to. And so if you want to build a career, it literally takes thinking about it like a career, like it being a career. It, It takes like 
hours of time spent and like time away from your family when you go to shows and like doing live hits and like doing interviews and and like writing actual books that people actually want to buy like that <laughs> like you know because like if you want like if you want to write in certain genres and like i'm like i am i am i am a a, a rare case in the fact that like i write mythological fantasy mostly which is not a very popular genre and i still make a living doing it like but like that is because i work harder than anyone else about to like try and find those people maybe not anyone else but but for most other people to find those people and like i know that in order to write in the genre that i want to write in it will take more effort to be successful than if i was to write into thrillers or certain or romance or like space fantasy or military sci-fi and i i started doing it to like get access and i kept doing it because a people would tell me that it was like like that they it was important but they also like were wholly naive as to and not just wholly naive because like naivety has some uses they were naive and then beating themselves up about the place they were and that is what i wanted to stop like i don't think that you should follow my path necessarily I actually think you should not follow my path. You should make your own path. <laughs> but I I want you, when I started The Complete Creative, I wanted people to understand like what it actually meant to lead a creative life. And that part of that creativity is creativity in marketing and sales. I don't know one successful person who's doing this who does not have some level of market savvy. Now, it might be that like they are very good networking with agents and publishers mm -hmm. and like they don't do social media, but like they are really, really good at like knowing the exact. I have a friend like this, like when we do shows together, he'll be like, that's an agent. Like that's a, that's a, like he will just pick them out and he'll be right like 80 percent of the time. And he's like he will change his demeanor when like publishers come around. I don't have that talent, but like there are people whose skill is working the network. And like, but so like they have savvy in marketing. Like their marketing is just like, they know all of the players and how to get in the right rooms. So like, so like, I don't know anyone who is successful who doesn't like have some amount of that. And, yeah. and of course, I mean like successful in like the traditional sense of like, they make a living on their books. And like, they are like, they are, they are well-known authors. Like not like, if you consider success, writing a book and finishing it and 10 people buying it, like that is great. My, my only thing recently has been like, you can't then judge yourself yeah. on these other actions. In fact, like I don't, I, I, like, I don't do run any ads because I know that if I ran ads for the books I have up right now, I would get clobbered. Like mm -hmm. I need to, I, and I've been working to change for instance, the Godsverse Chronicles, like we're adding four books to the beginning of the Godsverse Chronicles, because as much as I love Katrina uh, uh, and Death Follow Behind Her, it is a god awful place to jump into that universe because it starts with an apocalypse. Yeah. And after that first story, it jumps 10,000 years into the future and then it stays there for a book and a half. And mm -hmm. then it, the, the third book goes back 3000 years in the past. And like, then the next one is like, takes place in the seventies. And like, it is a, it is a horrible place to jump into a series. And 
So like uh, for the past 10 months or so, I've been building out books before the, the book five that are easier entry points into mm -hmm. the series that like will will bring will allow people to say, oh, this book follows this character and the next book follows one of the supporting characters as the main character. And the same thing happens in the third book. And then the fourth book is a team up book. And then you get into book five. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's just a much easier way to get people into the series because we all have these these issues and that's why i i guess that's that's not in a nutshell but like that's why i do it mainly because a nobody else is doing it yeah. and b like it is a detriment to all writers including successful writers because like for me like People are like, oh, you had these great Kickstarters. I'm like, yeah, let me show you my balance sheet so I can show you that like literally every dollar I made and way more goes out. Yeah. Like, uh, so like, and that was another thing that I did with the Kickstarter when like I started being really successful. I was like, this is not, because people would come to me and be like, oh, well now you're Mr. Success successful Pants. I was like, no, let me show <laughs> you like the breakdown of this book and like what it really cost and like how I'm actually in the red and like why I'm at this show right now is because like, you know, I have to make this amount of money to eat this month. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's it's all sorts of reasons, but I guess now that I'm talking it through, probably the reason I do it is so people stop beating themselves up about where they are in their career. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of people um, that I talk to, obviously, I'm a talker, um, but uh, with the show, and they, they, they ask me, why am I not getting the sales? Why am I not getting the sales? And I ask them, and I tell them, because I've read their book, and I say, your book's good. It's not the book. What are you doing other than writing the book? And I say, have you done anything other than write the book and put it up? And they're like, well, I don't really know this. And I don't really know that. I said, okay, well, if you don't know social media, then hire a social media marketer or watch YouTube and learn it. Everything that I've learned, I've either read from one of your books. I read from one of Ella's books. I have read from another, watched a YouTube video. Everything I've learned is because I've researched it and I've decided to go out there and learn it. Right. And what a lot of people don't want to do is, they just go, well, that's just too hard. Okay, well then you, in a place where Amazon is dominating the world in book sales and anybody can publish a book, you just have to have enough information to put on the pages and put up there. Right. How are you going to set yourself above everybody else? Well, so way? here's, I, I, would, I would reframe that and just say like, do you want, like what is success to you? Like is yeah. success having the book up? Like, is it getting the sales? Like if, cause if it is, it's hard. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's cause that, that, that ends up being, I've had a lot of the same conversations and it, it, you end up, what I have learned is that people don't actually want the sales. Like they want the sales, but they, 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 they don't want to work to get the sales. And right. like you, you have to, then I sit and break them down. And I say, Hey, like, do you like are you sure you want the sales so if you want the sales like a you need more books in this series so you can run ads to it 
and you need th these chapters to be hookier. And like, you need these four things to be in this book. It's like, I don't want to write that book. Do you want to write another book that's like it? No. Okay. Well, like, are you willing to go and build a mailing list and spend the next five years, like building out like a genre career? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it's okay that a hundred people or 20 people read your book. I, I don't know, but like you, you can these two things are incongruent. And that is the thing right. that I try to tell people all of the time now. It's like, there is absolutely nothing wrong with making your small, weird book, your small, weird comic and losing money on it and going to shows for the fun. And like, and, but like you then can't complain about it. Yes. Because your eyes are open. Mm -hmm. And often it takes a long time. Like I am surprised at how many times people will bang their head against a wall before they actually ask for help or like that they're ready to get help. Some like for me, it was, it was pretty early. It took like, it took many years, but like, it, it wasn't that like, I was like, Oh, here's the thing. And I guess it did take, it took several years for me to finally be like, okay, I need to learn sales and marketing if you're ready for it. So sometimes those people that you're talking to, like, let them bang their head against the wall for like five years and like try their way. And like, maybe they will come around. They probably won't. Cause that is the little secret about, about doing the thing that I do is there's two things. Like I'm already two years ahead of anyone that's reading my blog because like I've done it. I've gotten the data. I've implemented it. I've like, I've done it all. Yeah. So like, I'm not worried about someone catching up. I'm not worried anyway. Like I want them to can, please go make your great book. Yeah. Uh, but second thing is like, they will not do anything with it. 99.999999%. Not just because they're lazy, not just because, but, but, but also because they are just not ready. Like they are not mentally ready to, to take action. And if all that seeing that that thing go, does is say, is give them one more data point for why they should or shouldn't do it, like that is fine. Yeah, it is a lot. Now, before uh, the pandemic hit, you were very vocal about the fact that Tim, I think it was 10 months out of the year, you were, you were hopping across the United States doing shows, yeah. selling your books. You were, you know, you had bags, you know, with books and you would go prop up your books and you'd sit there and, let people come and see your books and talk to people. So you were out in the public 10 months out of the year away from your wife and your dogs selling your books. And on top of that, you had to have find time to write on top of that, find time to market on top of that, do Kickstarters, email builders, find ways to teach people because you were doing your courses. That's a lot like that. You know, that that's a whole lot. It's a lot. I mean, it, it's a lot. I mean, most people are are not willing. Like when I actually sit down and tell them that they're like, that's not that's not possible. Like, like I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, I'm not saying you should. Like if I went back and told myself what I would actually take, would I do it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I would if, if I could go back and start again, I would and knowing everything that happened. I would say, yes, I want to sign up for that again. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think that I would, I'm not sure because yes, it is 20 weeks out of the year, 10 to 20 weeks out of the year. I'd be away from my wife weekends, at least like 20 weekends out of the year. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be out. Even if I was in LA, I'd be out. Like the only time that she would be home, I would be gone. So, yeah. um, 
you know, we got very good at like spending very little time together in those years. And I'm very blessed that the last year and a half, two years, maybe at this point have, uh, have, have gone by and I haven't had to do quite that many shows. I haven't had to do any shows. Like I've been able to be home and I've been able to do Kickstarters, but that's all now the success that people see is, um, is like all of the stuff that I built up for the decade. It's not like, oh, Russell's making money online. Yes, because Russell makes money on Kickstarter because Russell has done 17 Kickstarters and he's literally built up a following over doing hundreds of shows and, and yeah. spending time on all of this stuff. And like literally, even today, building fans like one at a time, one at a time. Like every time I do one of these events, um, I mean, I hope that the, 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 the host becomes a fan or is a fan, but I hope like just one person in that becomes a fan too. And like, I'm always trying to refill that bucket of, of, of like fandom and, and keep it going and give something to those fans. And it's, it's exhausting and yeah. it is a lot, but like, I, I genuinely love it. Even when I hate it, like I love <laughs> that interaction with the fans like i love writing the books like i love telling the stories and there are plenty of ways to make money that like do not involve doing the things that i do um but they have different things like i have friends who are like literally on boards every day like looking like redoing ads and like putting ads up and and like talking about their cp the the, the their cost per click is going up or or their 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 sales are going down and like they're literally just monitoring their boards like a like um like a like heart monitor <laughs> yeah like a, or like a like stock ticker or like a heart monitor yeah. and so like there's just the, the, there's just so many things to do but yeah it, it's it, it's quite hard it's quite rewarding but like i tell people like i could make 10 times more than i make selling like some other widget like selling, I don't yeah. know, like, like, like selling, I don't even know, like whatever thing, you know, like some, 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 some thing for business is to like some grow tech type of thing. some like tech <laughs> thing. I go like, I go like IP, whatever. And like, I would make more money doing that, but like, it yeah. was not as rewarding. So like I, uh, I was watching this movie called the booksellers on Amazon. And one of the, one of the people has like a bookstore in New York city. It's a huge bookstore. And they're like, we own the building. That's how we can stay in business. And like, I'm basically paying to keep this thing open. Like I'm, I'm because I could make what 10 million, five, $10 million. And that's how I feel. It's like, I'm paying like a hundred to $200,000 a year of other salary so that I can keep doing this. And that's worth it for me because I love it. Like I love it. And I love the success of it. Like uh, to me, just writing the book and, is not enough. Like I need the people to 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 read it. I, don't, I mean, I want them to buy it, but like I need them to read it. Like I want them to buy because that keeps me in business. I need them to read. Yeah, and that's that's what it's that's what it feels like writing from a place of passion and doing what you love from a place of passion. And that's why that's why I write and that's why I do this show is to because I thoroughly enjoy and love talking to authors and talking about stories and books. And Nicole is also from California um, and she puts the work in, she does the work, she does the research. Hi, she she's actually has about three to four pitches. She's heading out to LA at the end of the month to pitch her ideas 
um, from her book to some casting directors. Like she's putting the work in. She's been doing a lot of work to try to get her book, um, Sophia Madison and the Voices Within out there. So um, that is, you know, another author who who wants what you have, you know, that, that success, that best-selling author that is willing to put the work in and not make the excuses, not say, oh, I don't know how to do that. No, she will leverage her resources. She'll say, okay, I don't know how to do that, but let me see who does and what I can do to help them out so that we can work together to, to figure out what we can do. So let me ask you this. 2020 happened, the show shut down. Are you getting comfortable at home or are you going back out on the road? I'm very comfortable at home, but it's a different, <laughs> like, so when I was on the show, I was on, when I was on the road, I could get by with making one book a year yeah. because like I was selling inventory. Now I've written 12 books in the past 12 months. And like, I, it's a different world. Like I am, I have to churn out more product. I mean, I'm feel like I'm constantly doing a Kickstarter. Like I feel like I'm constantly like, like, like launching different things because I, I need to, 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 to still eat, but now I eat in a different way instead of doing that by like buying 2000 books and like then bringing them to shows all over the country. Instead, I, I eat by like making books and then, um, and then, and then like releasing them. So it's just a different, it's, just, it's different. I, 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 I now, I prefer the mental space here where I am now because it allows me to to sit in my office instead of being on the road and it allows me to not be tired half the, half the time. And um, so yeah, I think what's probably going to happen because the other side of this is I've got 7,000 books in my garage and like, I got to sell them somehow. So I'm probably going to like go to shows for a while because I got books to sell. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. I, think, I think there's still some of my books. I don't even have, one of that's how horrible I am. I know I should have at least one of all my books, but I don't. There's some that I don't even have one of. <laughs> well, with comics, you have to do like you have to do big runs if you and if you want to do hardcover, you really have to do big runs in order to like make it worthwhile. But I also just do on KDP, so I know that you you publish and you buy in bulk and then you sell. So I think we do two different things. I do, yes. uh, yeah, we do totally two different things. So I don't have to have a stock. I do it as a uh, as inexpensive as possible to try to keep my margin down because I I haven't made it to your level, uh, but I am shooting for the stars. I'm, I'm doing my first um, email builder which I've awesome. learned how to do because of you. Um, and then I will work my way up to doing a Kickstarter one day. I've never been to a show. I am um, i don't hardly ever leave my house. Uh, I do leave my house, but I don't do it unless I absolutely have to. So I probably won't be doing the shows, but I will find ways to um, interact, which I do with my shows and some other ways to interact to sell books and stuff. Um, so let me ask you this. If you had one piece of advice to give to an author, and I will tell you the advice that gave me permission to write my first book. So I wanted to write a book since I was a kid. And finally, I retired from the military in 2017. And I said, you know what? Nobody can stop me now. I'm a free bird. I can write a book. But I was like, how do I do this? So a friend of mine 
told me about podcasts. Yes, I was in my four, I was 39, didn't know nothing about podcasts. And uh, so I was like, okay, I just typed in the word author. That's how I found author like a boss. And it was your episode that I listened to. And um, when you said, you're going to suck until you don't. And then I was like, Oh, so I can write a book and it can suck and then eventually I'll get better and that's okay. But if I don't write the sucky one first, I'm never going to write the good one. Okay. So that was the advice that you gave me that gave me permission in a way to write my first book. And I'll tell you that very first book was a children's book and it is horrific. I even hand drew every single picture in the book and they're worse than a kindergartner's. The spelling is atrocious. The formatting is atrocious, everything. But I love it more than anything. So what other advice? You can't give that advice because that one I tell everybody. And I tell everyone that Russell gave it to me. <laughs> so you have to give some other advice if you don't mind, please. Okay. So other <laughs> advice. We've got people listening. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, because that's that's usually the one that I give. Um, um all right. So I gave a, but I'm trying to give one something I didn't give already in the book. I'm going through like my books as like the, the thing as, so here's the real skinny of it. Like no one can tell you what kind of career you or you should have. Like there's a thousand ways to be an author. And most of the authors that you know, who are successful are working a second job as well, or no job. Like maybe they're on a trust fund or like, Maybe they're housewives and like that's their job um, or house husbands and that's their job. Or um, uh, so like just because that you see someone's success doesn't mean they are actually successful, like in the way that you think they are. Because most people think that like if you see a book on a shelf, it's like, oh, this guy is or woman is like like they're they're rolling in it or like they're doing this full time. But most authors, most creators are doing this in their spare time. They're doing it because they love it. And like, that is a valid way to exist. Also a valid way to exist is to do this full time. Another way to exist is to do it once, um, like, like do it one time and then decide you don't like it. Um, but you won't know if you like something until you try it, like just do it and like suck at it, become good at it. Like, like do it enough to become so obsessive about it that you, that you want to do nothing else. And then three months later say, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, uh, you know, that, the, that is, that is, uh, the advice I give because it allows you to try different genres and we spend so much time, spend so much time uh, thinking about the success part of it. But the wonderful part about school is it allows you to fail and suck at things in a relatively safe, theoretically safe environment. And when we leave school, we don't give ourselves that ability anymore. And the reason why I say that that the about sucking is that that it gives you the ability to just go back and play again, to go back and play like you're a kid. And being a creative is all about play. It is it is like constructive play. It is it is it is it is specific kinds of play. It is directed play, but 
It is about taking all of this stuff and bringing them together in new and interesting ways and finding your take on X genre or Y genre. And, you know, if somebody, if you're not trying this and you're not then finishing books, so like great thing you said, like you finished that book, it was horrible, but you finished doing it. And like you made it to the best of your ability and you learned all of the stuff. But I hate to see as someone who's abandoned 50 projects because your brain does this weird thing where it it only underst it only can like calculate what it learned from an experience after that experience is over. I remember writing the uh, how to build your creative career, and at the, when it was done, when I'd finished the final pass, I was like, oh. So that's what I think about how you build your creative career. And like, it was done. And like, I, it was such a clarifying moment because I had spoken about my podcast and all of this stuff for years. Like I'd been doing a podcast for, I think, 18 months before this. And I'd done like 100, 220 or so episodes. And I was like, I, 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 when I sat down to write the book, I had dozens of chapters that I cut out. And then I, I finished it and I codified it. And I was like, oh yeah yeah it's done and like this is what i really think like this is what and and the same is true in fiction like this is what i think of and something about finishing it makes your brain under like i don't know coalesces a part of your brain where you then get better for the next product but you tend to not get better if you abandon it before you've edited it and before it's like the best that you can make it that being said do not spend so much time editing that project that like you don't do other things, like give it a few passes, like learn your lesson and then move on to the next thing and move on to the next and try everything. Just try as many things as you can, like try writing a screenplay, try pitching to agents, try like working with Hollywood, try like negotiating contracts, like just, just try everything because you're going to find there are things that you don't think you like that you really do like or things that in school they beat out of you, which are really super interesting. Like, you know, it's hard to be a, it's hard to be a writer without liking history. It's hard because like, like even if you're writing a contemporary book, like history is there. Like yeah. if you don't like, so like social, like, 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 like social issues, probably not going to like that. They're all like every every interaction is social issues between two people. Like you have to like, it's sort of part and parcel to doing it and, 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 and like reading newspapers and things to get ideas and reading books to read ideas. And that's another thing. Like, look, I'm going to say something. It's going to piss some people off, but like, if you are not reading, you are not a good writer. You just are not like, like, like you will, plateau you might have one good book but like if you are not reading in your genre you are not going to be a successful writer it just will not happen maybe one in a million times but the people that i know who are successful read as much as they write more than they write and mostly it's because writing is breathing out and if you breathe out too much you lose, you have no air and you die. You must breathe in, you must consume because the consume, the consumption is how your brain keeps going. 
Like to me, that's what writer's block is all about. Like writer's mm-hmm. block is either your, your brain saying, um, I don't like this idea and you should not do it or feed me more stimuli so that I can make more ideas flow or this problem is too hard and we should break it and go to bed. <laughs> and, uh, and then over the night we will sit on it, but all of that sitting on it and coming up with the t- ideas is, is, is you having consumed 50 books of like, not just fantasy, but like reading news and, and listening to, to podcasts and all of those things all are going to seep into your brain. And if you're not doing that, like you might have some good stories, but it would be very hard to make a career as a writer if you are not a reader. In fact, I will honestly, if someone tells me they are not a reader, I write, I, I'm like, then I, then I think this conversation is done because like, if you're not willing to read, like you're not, you're never going to be able to do the work necessary to write the books. And also you will not understand the format and structure and language of books. So you will not be able to convey that because even if you're going to reinvent the genre, you still need to understand the language of books. You have to understand like how a scene works and how a, a chapter works and how a series works. And, and you have to be like, in the weeds on it. I'm reading the um, Shadow and Bone series now, the Lee Bardugo book for the first time. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally just like, okay, this is how the first book in the series worked. And like, I read it for fun, but then I'm I'm thinking about like, okay, so like as I'm planning my next book series or like even the next Obsidian Spindle book series, like how can I implement all of these things from like all of these books that I love? And like, it just makes you a better writer. um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of advice. It's a lot of, yeah, I guess, but, some, you know, I could just sit here and keep listening all night. So, I mean, I'm not going to stop you. That's for sure. I'm getting all kinds of good, good info for myself. <laughs> the one thing that I will tell you is that like, what you, you like, let, let yourself play. But, like once you start getting to the point that like, you are not improving drastically with every group because like what'll happen is there'll be a, a, a an exponential growth when you first mm-hmm. start writing your first couple of projects and then it will become logarithmic and like you'll stop and you're like kind of plateau and like that's probably when you can start thinking about what your next like like making money on your books it might take a couple of books but like once your exponential curve becomes a logarithmic curve like you probably are a good writer at that point like I, 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 I fear saying that, but like, if you want to have like, what is the moment that I should start moving from like allowing myself to play right to actually thinking about having a career as a writer, I would say it's right about like here when this curve starts narrowing off and you're not improving a ton the next time, once you are at that point, mm-hmm. um, just, throw everything before that in a, in a, in a, in a, in a box or something like, like come back to it later. Just like, like there's a reason that we don't like tout our master's thesis in like, like, like it doesn't become a part of our thing. Cause it's like a thing that we did before. That's like the break. It's like, okay, now I can do things. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that some, I mean, Jaws was Steven Spielberg's master's thesis. So, or graduation films. So like, not, again, this is not 100% of the time, but once you're at that point, you have to understand that you need to make the work 
as good as you can and as professionally as you can because you will sell that work for the rest of your life. And as someone who has bought a bunch of my books and things, I can tell you, I only made that book once. I made that book one time. I, people find it today, but like some of these books I made 10 years ago, it could buy number one I, we made 10 years ago. And I'm still selling it today. Yeah. And it's hard to, to understand that when you are at the beginning of your career. Yeah. But when you, I, I'm telling you that 10 years, 10 years goes by pretty quick. And those, and if you told me that 10 years ago, I would still be selling Ichabod and I'd still be selling Katrina, still be selling, I, I would, I probably would not believe you because like I wanted those books just done, but now they become calling cards. And like, I can literally use that for the next, for the next 20, 30 years of my life and whatever generations past, if my nephew and niece want to like continue the, that, the, that, that world as well. Like they become so much more important than you can imagine. So again, I'm not saying you should, you should go through 500 times, but I am saying like, get the good cover, get the good blurb. Um, yeah. And if you don't, then guess what? It's okay because you can always recover and re blurb something. I know I've done it a bunch of times in my career. <laughs> oh, I love all that advice. This is one of those videos that you just, you know, download and keep in your arsenal of information. I felt like I was in a coaching class and anyone that watches it can just watch our little session. So <laughs> let me ask you now, um, what projects are you currently working on or do you have coming in the near future? Well, right now you can go to, uh, uh, what it's, if you just go to russellnulty.com, I'm pretty sure you'll get redirected right to the Kickstarter that is live now, the Obsidian mm -hmm. Spindle Saga Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. It is, I think, the best work that I've ever done. Comics, novels, movies, anything. I think it is the best work, singular piece of work um, that I've ever done. Um, I think that if you, uh, 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 if I had to put money on a project that will outlive me and will be the thing that I'm remembered for, like I would bet it is the Obsidian Spindle Saga. That's how, and I've made a lot of great books, but I would bet that that is the one, if you have to get only one book series. The reason I say that is, um, is uh, The God's First Chronicles, which I also love and like is probably currently the thing that will be define my legacy. Uh, the three books behind me on the, you know, Ichabod, God's First Chronicles and Cthulhu are currently the books that define my legacy, um, but they were written quite a long time ago. Um, for when I was a much less mature writer than I am now. And they are, while wonderful, much simpler in their construction. Mm -hmm. um, I really, um, I really kind of showed off in the Obsidian Spindle Saga. Like there's always four to five, four to five storylines in every book that all intersect together. And like <clears throat> we've, like a, a coherent story from them. Um, and then every four books tells a coherent narrative. Uh, of, so this section is called the, the dream realm. And then next section will be called the fairy realm. And then there's the celestial realm, which I'm writing now. But um, so it's about a girl who gets, um, who falls into a diabetic coma and wakes up in a place called the dream realm and has to make it to the obsidian spindle which is the most powerful object in the universe and entreat with the fates to get back to, to her body before it dies 
it and and she's stuck in the dream realm forever she's joined on this uh uh she's joined on this journey uh by a um by so she's the sleeping beauty the first book is called the sleeping beauty she's sleeping beauty um she's she, she's a, a a woman comes to help her uh called the red rider who is red riding hood um she is opposed by uh nimue um who is also the wicked witch mm -hmm. um the obsidian spindle is is is, is right uh by the um the the emerald city okay. uh, from wizard of oz um her her girlfriend uh, uh a half gorgon girlfriend named shell has to get into the uh, the obsidian spindle to uh, get into the dream realm to save her um there's fairy queens and and uh and like um mountain mountain goddesses and the, the, the so there's the fairy part of this the other part of this is that that the the dream realm has has is is the prison of six gods so five gods um hera anansi uh agrona uh loki and um did i say hera or segment and along with Hypnos, who runs the whole the whole thing. But the thing is, Hypnos has been gone for a hundred years. No oh. one knows where he is. And so part of the story is that Rose, who's the Sleeping Beauty, is the first dreamer to get into the dream realm in a hundred years. And they think that she is like the prophet who's going to like fix everything. Oh. And so like people are fight are, are fighting to like get her, to capture her, to to use them for their means, to like allow themselves to get back to earth so there's all this there's there's this mythology component there's this fairy tale component there's this portal fantasy component there's things you're going to remember that hopefully i twisted in a way that is like interesting um and then the the first four books are on kickstarter now um they're going to be kickstarter exclusive so like they're only going to be on kickstarter until the whole series is done which is going to be either 12 or 16 books um, i'm trying to decide whether it will be I'm in the I'm in the third arc now. I've I've always imagined it as four arcs, but we're going to see if, like, how I feel after this arc is done. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome, Nicole. Well, maybe you'll like the Obsidian Spindle Saga then. I I, I like to think that it's my, my my favorite things are the Dreamlands from Lovecraft. Um, the uh, the um, Emerald City, Wizard of Oz, and then Alice in Wonderland. So there's a lot of all of that stuff together, along with some of the newer one fairy tale, um, fairy tale specialty things. So, uh, so yeah. Then I have another book in the Godsverse Chronicles that's coming out, a comic book, a new co graphic novel that's coming out in the Godsverse in September. Uh, and then I am finishing the Godsverse in January with four new novels. And so those oh, are wow. the things that I'm working on. And then uh, I'm trying to find my my next my my next big project. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of circling some things right now. And meanwhile, I'm just working on some really some smaller projects. Some when, whenever I'm like when I started doing the Obsidian Spindle Saga, I spent about a year and a half writing just a bunch of other books to like kind of hone my chops to to be to get the to get the place that to, I want to get to the Obsidian Spindle Saga. I think I got there. Um, like 
right after, like right when I needed to, to get them to start writing that book. And now I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm writing a, um, an epic fantasy series called, uh, the dragons, the, the dragon scourge, um, which is about a girl who, uh, who gets sacrificed to a dragon and finds out that the dragon doesn't sacrifice girls. He just lets them live in his castle in this like volcano and like protect them. Um, <laughs> It's a little That's more complicated. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm writing a, like a Wonderland, uh, a, a, a book set in Wonderland, um, but like it's a thriller. It's like a hardcore thriller, a cop thriller. And then yeah. I'm also doing a like um, a, a Wicked Witch series called like a Wicked Witch, Witch Reform School series. So I'm, oh, okay. I'm uh, uh, those are like the things I'm gonna write. And then hopefully by the time I'm done with those, I will know what the next big project is, but um, yeah. but for right now, I'm really, really, really excited about the Obsidian Spindle Saga. Yeah, you know, I went on the Kickstarter and to check it out and look at you know what what levels and everything, and I I saw that you could um, actually download a couple of the chapters so you could look and kind of review it, and I was able to read the prologue and I, um, before I came on the show, and I was like, oh, I'm hooked. So I need all four of the books. Like the, I want the hardback books, and I'm an ebook person. I have my Kindle and everything, but I'm like, no. Like you, you know those. There's certain books that you have to touch. Like Anne Frank, Diary of a Young Girl. I've had that book since I was a teenager, and I have to touch it when I read it. I can't e-read that book. Yeah, you know, but no. these these four books, like I want to touch those covers for some reason. Like there's things I don't know. It's just weird. I'm weird like that on certain books. So. Um, I'll be heading over to the Kickstarter, uh, if not tonight, probably tomorrow, because for some reason, as you were talking, I'm over here like this, like a little imp or something, because my contacts started messing with me. I was like, oh, this is really awkward. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> trying not to, <laughs> not to be really weird on camera. Um, so, I mean, I, I just love everything that you do, because you're very transparent, and you want to help people, and you want to let them know how they could be creative as well. But, you know, one of the things that I find truly remarkable is we don't do this alone. There's always somebody that stands beside us. There's always somebody that supports us in every way, shape, and form that really lifts us up so that we can continue doing what we're doing. So along your path, who has been kind of your biggest supporters, the people that have, you know, been there with the pom-poms and the flags and saying, go wrestle, you know, don't stop, you know, keep keep going no matter what? Well, my wife reads all of my books before they go out and she has absolutely my biggest supporter. And I say this because I have wanted to give up or said that I'm going to give up many times. And she has told me, you are not going to give up. You'll be terrible. Like I will just, you'll be awful to live with if you just give up <laughs> this thing. So just keep going. Yeah. Um, and she really, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of hard years. I mean, it's, it's been really since 2017 where I really thought that I could make a go of it. Like it was really hard, it was really hard, like before then for the first couple of years of wannabe press. And especially before then, when like I wasn't making any money, you know, I didn't really make any real money as a creative until like 2000 and, uh, and, and, and 14 was my first time. And mm -hmm. like, and I started doing creativity, creative things in 2004. So you can like kind of see that's like a 10 year gap of like literally no money. And then like another three years of making very little money. And, um, my wife has always been incredibly supportive of, of that. Um, so my mother, my father, uh, rest in peace, is uh, 
was a huge supporter of mine. Um, uh, me, my, I mean, I'm very blessed. Like I wrote a post about this a little while ago about like, it's like, I, I'm like, it's so hard. Like, I'm a, I'm a, uh, middle-class white man with a, who's intelligent, who went, who like graduated college without any debt because his parents paid for him to live. And like, yeah. I just, like I married a woman who like was very supportive and like, it's still almost impossible. Like even with all of those, like even yeah. playing the game on like the easy setting. Um, but like, I have been, I, I have communities of friends like you who are incredibly supportive. Like, I mean, it's hard to say if I had to like my wife is definitely number one because she's put up with me since 2004 um, <laughs> and she's been married to me since 2008 way 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 before I even had the conception of like back when I was making bad movies instead of good comics <laughs> like I, she was still believed um, uh, and she like like I'm not lying she would tell me like you are not quitting she did tell me like go get a job at some point well, so yeah. like she's not she's, she's not like always like i didn't go and get jobs and like she yeah. was support she, she told me that that was what i what needed to happen um but like since 2015 like that's my barometer it's like if she's ever like you should probably go get a job like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be like all right like i think i think you're probably right i think this is probably five years too late but like i i like i've, I've ridden this magic course for as long as i possibly can um but yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, you know, my sister still buys most of my books on Kickstarter. Uh, my mother, um, my, uh, and you know, my dad was, my dad was drawn into a book, like one of our books. Um, so no, two of our books, uh, oh. both Katrina and Ichabod. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty incredible to have such an amazing support system and I do not take it for granted. That's awesome. I'm glad that you have that. Not everybody has that, but even when you do have that, it can definitely be difficult. And I'm I'm glad that you have that, and it shows, um, you know, the by the humbleness that you have around you that they're a great support system. But before we end the show, um, do you have any final words for anybody or anything that you want to? you know, discuss before we head out for the night. Cause I know I gotta let you go because if you don't get dinner, your wife's gonna come in here and go, CJ, you need to stop. <laughs> she, she will, she, she will do that. Uh, I just, I mean, I've, I, I think my career, if my career has shown anything, it's that like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like, I, I mean, I, I've never considered myself incredibly like smart or incredibly like talented. I've worked at it. And granted, like I've had a lot of breaks, I've had a lot of good breaks in my life. Uh, but um, I, I truly believe that like, you know, like I think that Neil Gaiman was kissed by God, like with like how he just able to write the way that he does. I know he works really hard at it. And like, there's just some people that like, you see the way that they write and you're like, how oh, you did that? Like, that's just like <laughs> another level. Um, but like I've never been that writer. Like I've been like a, a creative writer who never lost the creative spark, who was able to nurture it, be partially because of the support system that I have, but was able to like keep the fire burning for long enough for it to take for it to take shape. And I guess that's that's a good that's a good final thought. It's like you like it's been almost twenty years of me doing this. Wow. Oh my God, it's been almost twenty. 
been almost 20 years of me doing this. And um, the thing that I think that determined my success the most was my ability to protect the fire from burning when it, from going out when everything was, was, was done. And sometimes it did go out. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes it went out and luckily it came back on like, it, but it's very, it's a very precious thing. And something that in my life I've seen most people don't nurture it, don't have it. And they, they, they give it up. Like they, we all have it. Like we all have that creative spark. I think when we're kids, like I've never seen a kid who's like not, creative on some level, like whether it's music or less like drawing doodles or like whatever, like they're all like creative in so many ways. And okay. I think that the world is, is built to break that, 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 that burn. And like, if you've got children who are creative, like just help them, help them nurture that or not even like, I'm not even saying nurture it. I'm just saying like, don't let it burn out because it's a rare gift for someone of my age to still be able to have that creative spark, um, to be able to have nurtured it until it became a, a, a flame that could support me and support, uh, you know, be a contributor to our, to our life. Um, but yeah, the, 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 like when I think of burnout, what I think of is the candle that is inside all of us, like burning out and like hope. And so, you know, self-care, like, like make sure that you are like taking care of yourself, make sure that like you are nurture, nurturing and nourishing your, 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 your heart and your head and your relationships and just do everything you can to protect that flame because it's, it's precious. And, you know, when, if you lose it, it's real hard to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, don't ever lose that that hope inside of you to continue following your dreams. Russell, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you on the show tonight. I've learned even more than I've, you know, learned in the past three years. Well, going on four years since I started writing my very first book uh, from that faded moment in my car driving home from the community college that I by chance happened to get a job after I retired from the military after 20 years. And, you know, and it's been it's been an honor just being able to have a conversation with you tonight. Thank you for what you do for other creators. Thank you for being the humble human being that you are. I have you on my Facebook and on my friends list, and I watch you. Um, not stalkerish. Don't worry, I'm not a stalker. Um, most people will say I'm not. Don't worry. But um, I see the posts that you make about the human ability, about human beings as a whole, and I see who you are as a human. And I appreciate that. And as an author, I appreciate what you bring to the table, the books, the creative side, the business side. And there's just so much to learn from you. And I just want the world to see that. I know a lot of people already see that, obviously, because you have this huge following. But I just think that any author that I come across, I, I keep saying, you got to follow Russell. You got to follow Russell. So it's been a pleasure. Um, I've had a great time talking to you tonight. Guys, go over to WrestleNulty.com. Check out the Kickstarter for the Obsidian um, Saga that's going on that he has currently working on. Check out his other books. Go over on the App Store or Google Play Store. Check out. Go ahead. It's Wannabe Plus is the app. 
Yeah. Uh, so I think it's working pro it's working well again. Like I think yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And you can all the books that he has in his catalog, as well as the complete creative and um, stuff, is on there. You're going to learn so much. You're going to have your life enriched as an author or as a reader. I mean, if you just want to read some good books, they're over there. So, guys, we're going to head out for the night. But don't uh, forget to come back on Thursday. Me and Nicole will be back for the Bombshell Book Review. We are reading Beyond the Pair of Blossoms by Shauna Rodriguez. And we're going to have some laughs like usual. We'll see what Nicole's going to get up to. Who knows? Because last time she had her foot in the camera. So we're going to see on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to leave you guys for now. Russell, it's been a pleasure, but I know that we will cross paths again somewhere in the social web. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you for having right. me. Bye, guys. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.